It's time to gain entry into somebody else's life. In our Life Journey series, we're following different people through the year to see what 2010 brings them, the highs and the frustrations and the surprises. And our Life Journey today is an eminent man having just been made our state's Australian of the Year for his work researching Alzheimer's. And he joins us now, Dr Ralph Martins. Hello. Hello, thank you for inviting me to be on your show. Look, for many years, this sort of medicine affecting the elderly, it's been a bit of a Cinderella field. It's not very glamorous. What drew you towards it? My big attraction was that I had a personal uh, concern with my father-in-law who was saying to show changes in his memory and then he was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And this goes back a good 25 years ago. Uh, and so I thought I could do something by learning a bit more about the disease. I was about to go off to... New Zealand, where I've been given a postdoctoral position there in Dunedin, but I took on a job to work on Alzheimer's for six months uh, with the view of getting a better insight and hopefully helping my, my father-in-law at the time. But, uh, I've been in the field ever since. It sort of just sucked me in. It became a passion of mine. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't do very much for my father-in-law because like most people who get the disease, it's really degenerative. It results in killing of brain cells and within a period of six years, he passed on. Oh, I'm sorry. How, where's your research gone gone from there? How long have you been involved in the field? So, so it's been 25 years. And, yeah. and when I started in the field, um, uh, I was uh, given a job at uh, then uh, Dr. Colin Masters. He's now a professor based in uh, Melbourne Uni. But he, and he basically painted a rather bleak picture of the, of the field. He said there's nothing known about the disease. There's no way of measuring it. The only way you can diagnose Alzheimer's is unfortunately after death. And you look into the brain, you see these unusual structures that build up, the little pebbles that we call amyloid deposits. And you can't do anything with them. You, you, you work with them, and they're so insoluble. So it's like a very difficult, challenging field. But I love a challenge, and uh, I, be, uh, I took it on. It's been, been actually 12 months of working with Professor Colin Masters and collaborators in Germany, uh, in Cologne. We were able to extract the, that amyloid in the brain and identify what was the face to the, what we call the monster, what was the thing that made it up, and it was a small protein that we coined then uh, beta amyloid. Uh, and that then became the focus of our research. And today in 2010, we recognize that that is the key feature of the disease. It's basically when it builds up in high concentrations, it kills your brain cells, and specifically to do in regions of the brain to do with memory and learning. And we've also been able to bring to Perth in Western Australia the ability to look into the brain during life. As I mentioned earlier, in the old days, and even up to now, you can only definitely say someone has Alzheimer's after they're dead. Now you can look into the brain and you can capture the pictures of those amyloid deposits in the brain so you can predict the disease even before any symptoms appear. So that's what the huge advance is. But we really now need to fast track that. So we need more people working harder now to, to get those answers faster. Because, And, and the purpose for that is that we have to uh, be able to uh, deal or treat the disease before the brain cells are destroyed. And unfortunately, uh, with the clinic, current clinical diagnosis, Patients initially have to show symptoms, and that's when they're clinically diagnosed. And by that stage, a lot of the brain has been damaged. So any drugs that are coming on to, to, to treat patients would not have that effect in stopping the disease. And how far away is is that? I know there's an enormous, you know, I mean, you, you make small breakthroughs in yes, medical yes, research, yes. and it can just be, you know, the next one might be years and years away. Have you got yes. any way of seeing ahead that far? In, in terms of the diagnosis, I obviously... 
over the years, we were honing up our skills, we were thinking about the problem, but we were only able to work in a very small, slow pace because of the limited funding. So that was a huge leap forward, and, and it also pulled together all the major Australian scientists uh, to, to work on, for a common cause. And that's the sort of uh, approach that needs to be taken. So with that, if that sort of funding was to be sustained, I would see, I would predict a, a, a diagnostic test available to, to us at least in the next five to six years. That would be my prediction at the pace at which we're currently going. It must be desperately yeah. frustrating for you when you're on this, this research, you know, discovery role and then just to be stymied like that through money or staff. It, 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 it is highly frustrating, but you sort of start to get used to it in a way and, and you can't let it put you down. you just got to keep going. So no matter what, we, I keep going and, and, and many of my teams wonder at how I keep going. Uh, but things just come things just turn out. You're obviously a very patient man, Professor Martins. <laughs> can we get to know you a bit? Can you tell me about your family of origin and how you came to be living in Perth and being our Australian of the Year? Most certainly. Uh, my parents uh, originated from a place called Goa in, in India. It's, it's, it was a Portuguese colony and I guess that's how I've got my name, Martins. It's a Portuguese name actually and everyone is Catholic there in those days. But my parents then migrated to Bahrain where my father was working there that's in the Middle East, and I was born there. And uh, at the age of 16, I arrived in Australia because even though we were in Bahrain, we didn't have a country to call our own. And we really felt kind of lost in a way till we came to, to Australia. And, and we just loved this beautiful country. So that's what uh, brought us here. We, we wanted to have a place where we could really say that we could have allegiance to and feel a part of. And uh, and I had no idea how beautiful it would be in terms of the freedom, the opportunities that one has. Yeah, it's just it's just amazing. So that's how we started. And I came to Australia in uh, 19, 1974. I just finished the equivalent of what we call senior Cambridge. And I went to boarding school in North Pakistan, of all places, in a place called Quetta, where all the trouble is now. But I, I came out from there, came here, went into year 11 of high school, and then went on to UWA. So that's that's how I started, and when I finished my, my PhD at UWA, I started working for Professor Colin Masters. And I guess I was lucky because the, uh, Professor Masters is just an outstanding, brilliant scientist uh, who basically pioneered the field, so I had the opportunity to work with him. And those many years ago, and we're now working together again, I just represent... Um, the outcome of all that support that's made it possible. Well, you're very self-deprecating, but I'm, I'm sure, you've plugged, <laughs> sure you've plugged away a fair bit yourself as, as well. Look, can you tell, just tell me about being an Australian and what difference you think that's made to your life? It's made a huge difference. I mean, like I said, up to the age of 16, I really felt lost. I really felt I didn't belong anywhere. Maybe my parents came from India, but uh, I didn't have any connection. I didn't know the country in any way. And I think being uh, being a Christian too sort of distinguished you from people say in that part of the world. The way I guess, uh, and people tend to live separately. They didn't tend to integrate Christians as opposed to Muslims or Hindus. Uh, so, so those are factors that that also sort of felt that you you just didn't feel felt that sense of belonging, and that's what Perth sort of uh, being an Australian really made me appreciate in a very big way. But it also, being an Australian, I just felt a sense of freedom that we have in this country. We have a lot of choice. I guess we, we need to use, use that choice in the right way, but it's, it's just wonderful to have those, that choice, that opportunity. And what I see in the people of Australia, and I travel all over the world, that real sense of, of camaraderie and mateship and, and 
people being very open, very honest, open, and very friendly. You know, you walk down the street and someone usually wishes you to all strangers and you wish them back or you wish them first. You don't tend to see that in other places uh, as much. We're very lucky. We're very, very, very lucky. And, you know, such beautiful places. We have scenery. It's, it's, you know, I travel all over the world, and when I come back, I travel quite often, and I come back, so I'm so glad I'm back here. Back in Perth, being Australian is, a, is something very, very special to me. Now, look, it's your journey that we're following, so can I just ask what's in store for you in the next few weeks in the time between we now and when we'll talk to you again? Oh, yes. So I'm on Saturday, I'm, I'm heading to, to India. To, I've been invited to give a talk there uh, at a conference that's uh, speaking about hormones in particular. They're very interested in sex hormones. And I've done a lot of work on sex hormones and the risk of Alzheimer's disease. So I'll be talking specifically about the role of testosterone uh, as a protective effect in Alzheimer's disease. So that will be my time there. Well, I'm really excited to know that we can follow your life and your work this year. And not that it's all on your shoulders, but we certainly will be watching you. Thank you very much, Professor Martins. I'll be looking forward to touching base with you again in a few weeks. Most, thank you so much, too. It's been most enjoyable. That's Professor Ralph Martins.